Welcome to the Holistic High Performance Podcast with your host, Daniel Christofferson. Like many body workers, my next guest started out as an athlete and was led into the field of body work through a series of personal injuries, aches, pains, and body issues. Here, Shoemaker is a licensed massage therapist, board-certified structural integrator, certified teacher of anatomy-trained structural integration, and the director of the Neurovascular Release Advanced Certification Program. They have been a manual practitioner for over 20 years, and they've been teaching their unique curriculum of neurovascular release for eight years. Since COVID, they have been adapting their approach to balancing the body so that they can work with clients in remote sessions online. Kier is here today to describe how they use neurovascular release to prevent new injury, rehabilitate old injuries, and cultivate more resilience and support, helping us to fine-tune our bodies for better performance. I'm pleased to welcome Kier Shoemaker to the show. Hi. Thanks, Hi. thanks for having me. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more, our audience, a little bit more about your path from an athlete to a body worker? Well, I've been a dabbler in athletics. I spent the most time as a rower and in martial arts. Did a little soccer here and there, had an injury that didn't go very far, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. multiple things. I've been a skier in high school. I was a downhill skier. And, um, and that's actually where a lot of my injuries started. It was with, I wasn't a competitive skier or anything, but I was, I went regularly, like, you know, 10 trips a year on the school bus and I would have those big yard sale crashes all over the mountain at least every other week. And if you add <laughs> that up over four years, that was like 20 full body whiplashes, uh-huh. which is often how the, the vascular network, the artery network gets injured. And just like any tissue type, the body will repair it with collagen fibers mm-hmm. to shore things up, make things more sturdy. But that makes that part of the network, that part of the vascular network less stretchy and the body has a protective response around it. And that that was the beginning of a lot of actually my soccer injury and actually my cross country running issue. So in my senior year in high school, I had a pull in my right quadricep and it just wouldn't go away. I I couldn't compete in state and, you know, the freshman zoomed on ahead of me. Uh (laughs) And I later, about four years later, it came back to me in soccer. I pulled that same quad again Okay. And it wasn't until, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm 56. This was a long time ago. It wasn't until about five years ago that I was receiving some work on my vascular network into my uh, right leg. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was apparent. I mean, my practitioner was like, oh, you must have almost broken this leg once. You know, they could really feel the vascular tension into the bone. Okay. And okay. indeed, that side of my pelvis has an anterior tilt. When we walk, our pelvises are oscillating always in you know one side and then the other side goes into an anterior tilt as we're uh-huh. walking and going into hip extension. But in my scoliosis pattern in my body, that is historically my anteriorly tilted side. So was the anyway, scoliosis something that you were born with? Or uh, was it I, something that you developed over time? Okay. I've had it since childhood. Um, but all of these but, injuries kind of reinforce yeah, some of those you know, patternings. Things, and, yeah, things accumulate. <laughs> yeah, they, as you they know. do. The yeah. longer we live, the more stuff right, happens, right. the more yeah. 
the, all in all those things accumulate and eventually we wake up one day and the doctor says, you know, with the ache in the neck and the doctor goes, oh, you're just getting older. But a lot of it is accumulation of all of these yeah. little things that have happened. Now, you mentioned whiplash earlier. Most people think of whiplash as, as a car accident. Right. Um, I you, think of it as a ballistic stretch injury that injures a lot of a lot of different tissue types. And um, with the head, it brings people into a protective head forward position. Mm hmm. You know, the head is shifted forward. And often, you know, as body workers, we're looking at things like scalenes and sternocleidomastoid and, you know, things that are All those muscles of the neck. Yeah. Right. All the muscles from the neck in the front. And usually it's the back of the neck muscles that are complaining afterwards. But often you can't really get resolution for that until you get the head back up on top of the body. And it's hard to get the body to accept that position until you can liberate or free the nerves and the blood vessels in the neck that got overstretched. Okay. So the vagus nerve that goes to the organs, the blood supply to the brain, the body cares a lot about protecting those things. And It'll until you prioritize them. Yeah, yeah, it prioritizes, yeah, it, it, it prioritizes yeah. your your vital organs and then the yeah. nerves, arteries, veins, all those things that are important. So if the body feels threatened in any of those, then it kind of will tighten up your muscles, it'll tighten up the fascia, it'll twist up the bones, whatever it needs to yeah. do to protect those. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just one example. And, you know, because whiplashes can be... <laughs> you know, complicated. They can involve more more body parts. It can cascade into a shoulder. There's a classic slip and fall where you catch yourself going backwards and it yanks the artery network into one leg. Anyway, so that's typically how the artery network gets injured, sometimes also from impact injuries. Yeah. You know, slipping on a, a wood steps in socks and going boom, boom, boom down the stairs. Mm -hmm. That was like an eggplant sized bruise on my left posterior. Uh, and it, it interfered with the sacral nerves, you know, for at least a year until yeah. I got some nerve and artery work in there. And that affected my ability to flex my lumbar and thoracic spine. And it made it harder to lift that knee. It was more effortful. So all of these accumulated injuries kind of led to short term trying different things out in terms of yeah. sports and activities. Um, yeah. And then eventually that led you to body work. Was yeah. that, what else did you try to kind of alleviate some of these things that had happened uh, when you were younger there? I, th I know oh. we don't have the variety of things that we have today. Right. Uh, was it well, kind of like when I had scoliosis, they just said, do sit-ups, you know, okay. <laughs> very sophisticated. That was, <laughs> that was the seventies. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I had chiropractic for my neck. I had a, an injury on the soccer field that took my head, my body sideways from my head. And I had like a C2, C3 injury. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think that therapy was actually a little bit more traumatic than the injury. It was a, my body didn't take it well. It so a little bit more stress. forceful adjustments that yeah, kind of yeah. led to probably some tightening of those more delicate structures that we talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. and some somewhere along the line, I got some tension into my right arm that has me constantly lifting that shoulder up when I am under stress, mm -hmm. as if my body is feeling a need to protect something over there. Yeah. So, you know, that's some of my body's history. And actually, it has been 
you know, I gather new little minor injuries along the way that give me a lot of insight into what my clients are experiencing. It's like, oh, that's what they were talking about when they said cramp in the foot. You know, it's like. <laughs> I mean, as body workers, I know for me the same thing. It's it's your body is kind of your own personal laboratory. And absolutely, I mean, when you really yeah. figure something out there, I'm always surprised at how when I internalize and understand, you know, how much it shifts, how I view other people and the re how much quicker I get results with them. Yes. Because um, yeah. it's like, oh, okay, I get that. You know, it's, I think there's a little bit of, if I feel safe in my system, in my body, and, you know, then it, it allows those other people to kind of feel safe and let go of some of those patterns that they have too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you've had some of these injuries and then you mm -hmm. went on to, you started out as a massage therapist. Well, I went to college for environmental studies and became a, a fisheries research technician. Okay. And then I realized at some point that rather than go to grad school for computer science or fisheries stuff, what I really wanted to do was work with people. Okay. And so I went to massage school and I kind of ditched the science career for a while. And then I got into a couple different specialties in massage proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation and shiatsu. And, and then I discovered structural integration, which I don't know how many people know about that, but it lands somewhere in the middle between massage and physical therapy, I guess, from a consumer perspective, because it's not just lying on the table. It's, it's you're getting up and moving around during the session. And it's very participatory. Yeah. And it's so a I've, series of sessions that help kind of integrate your body and bring you back into balance with gravity and yes, it's get all the joints to sequence well and work well together. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Uh, so you became a structural integration practitioner. I did. And I got a lot more mobility in my body, which, you know, because of my scoliosis and all of the, you know, the rowing and martial arts and weight training that I'd been doing, I had essentially created a brace for myself. Okay. You know, I had very much stabilized. So and your so, body was guarding a lot. It was trying to protect itself. Yeah, well, just, itself. yeah, it was not very mobile through the mid-thorax. And so what I got out of, when I emerged from my structural integration training, my body was much more mobile, but it still had a lot of things that were stuck and hiding in there. And I was so uncomfortable because I didn't you know, there were some things that just weren't, there wasn't any position that I could sit or lie in that was comfortable. So a lot of the compensations got released, but some of those underlying issues that those compensations yes, were, were covering hiding, up. Not were, addressed. Yeah. Yeah. Not addressed so, through several years of myofascial work that was specifically aimed at, you know, reorganizing my structure. Uh -huh. And my teacher said, you know, I think you just need to be patient and it's going to take time. And I think it's in your nervous system. And he was speaking metaphorically. Mm -hmm. But as I started to study like um, more osteopathic style techniques of working with nerves and uh, viscera, I began to realize it actually was in my nervous system, like physically. Like I share a little bit about what osteopathic techniques sure. are for the audience because yeah, yeah. a lot of people aren't going to necessarily know that. Yeah. Well, Osteopathy is a little bit differently practiced around the world. Like in, in Europe and, and Canada, osteopaths aren't doctor doctors, you know, mm -hmm. who prescribe drugs. They're like really sophisticated manual therapists. And so there are a lot of practitioners in this country who end up studying those kinds of techniques, techniques mm -hmm. that are used by European osteopaths. And it's super subtle, like on the scale of like 
deep tissue massage on one end and craniosacral work on the other end, it's way more towards the craniosacral side. In craniosacral is a really light touch working yes. with the fluids in the system. and Yeah, it's super light and subtle. And so it's not usually the thing people go to who want to move better and really fine tune yeah. their performance. It, it, it's people are oriented more towards deeper touch. What I learned from studying this super light touch is that actually it could have quite a profound effect on movement and your ability to move more freely. And because um, it really works on a global level uh, with that light yeah. touch. I mean, you're, you're you're affecting the whole nervous system. You're affecting the right. whole kind of right. neurovascular systems. And so, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And we have really sophisticated neuromotor systems that are set up to protect more delicate structures. Like you could work on your thoracic rotation, for example. And unless you're adding a, a breath component that can really nuance and unstick, say, a lung that's stuck to the inside of the chest wall, your body will limit your turning again. You know, you yeah. might free it up in the moment, like, oh, look, I can turn farther. But you go out there in the world and move and your body will limit your rotation because it can tell that your lung is actually a little vulnerable there to Mm -hmm. tearing, perhaps, you know. And so until it glides really well on the inside, your body's going to self-limit that movement. That's just one example of how working on a lung adhesion could improve your thoracic rotation and um, make your running gait more symmetrical, for example. So a lot of those osteopathic techniques are addressing more of the organs and the mm-hmm. the more kind of untraditional systems that we work about. And, you know, in, in the United States, especially, I mean, people think, oh, something's off. So they may go get a massage or they, mm-hmm. you know, go get their bones adjusted with chiropractic. Um, yeah. You know, for me as a structural integrator and massage therapist, I mean, I spent a lot of time working with the fascia, working with the yeah. tightness in the muscles. You know, later on, I was introduced to kind of working more with the bones specifically, and that changed my practice for me. And then discovering the neurovascular release work uh, with Jonathan Martin a number of years ago, which led me to Mm -hmm. working with you for the last three years. It just opened up all kinds of doors of, oh, there's all these other systems in the body that are getting addressed that often created problems that were those unresolved things that I could never do using those those other tools in my tool belt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that neural work, you know, nerves are very much more fascial. They're like 50 to 90% fibrous connective tissue. The neurons make up much less of the nerve than the fibrous connective tissue. So they're really sturdy and they can get stuck just and not glide just the way um, like a bike cable inside its housing. If it gets a little rust in there, it might not glide very well. And so physical therapists do have certain nerve gliding techniques and actually, I can't speak to what physical therapists do specifically because I'm not a, not one, but yeah. the, the techniques that I've been introduced to that are often taught in physical therapy settings are often really big movements with, yeah. with big, slow glides across multiple joints. And the kind of nerve work that an osteopath would teach or that I've learned that I practice is more subtle. It's more like a micro glide of the nerve out from the vertebra uh-huh. where it might've gotten stuck when it was inflamed. And so that little microglide can actually give you more neck rotation and more um, 
the nerve that goes out to your arm is is going to not necessarily limit neck movement as much if you get it to glide and be a little bit more um, responsive to lengthening. You can find out more about the Holistic High Performance and sign up for our monthly newsletter at holistichighperformance.com. That's holistichighperformance.com. I know you're a bit of an anatomy geek. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yes. I, <laughs> so I am you spent, you've learned, you've down, spent, yes. I've met very few people who have spent so much time studying, you know, the nervous system and the pathways of all the nerves and the pathways of those arteries and veins. Um, and they all yeah. kind of tend to run together. Uh-huh. Um, and in that you found a lot of those little places that things do get kind of stuck right. or twisted or, right. um, something else impinges there. And so that's kind of what led you to this neurovascular release kind of protocol that you've been putting together, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, when when I'm looking for those restrictions, I really think of myself as a, a detective or a little, it's, a, it's like I'm going on a treasure hunt, you know, and especially with the people who are super mobile, it's like their body is bendy, you know, the muscle, the muscle bellies release, you know, that they've, mm-hmm. There's so much that's open and the trick is finding the little part that's stuck. And that really is, well, you know about it because you, yeah. you've, you've been studying with me, you know, that's, that's often the really rewarding thing is, is like finding those little stuck bits and then it, well, it just really with, smooths things out. What I what find we, with often those, ben- those people who think that they're really bendy is that they're actually maybe in one joint they're bendy and then you go the next joint up and there's actually really a lot of restriction and that that bendiness is the compensation. Mm -hmm. They think of bendy isn't really in that plane of motion. They've left the plane of motion for that joint and they've gone into another kind of rotation. Mm -hmm. pattern. Um, Yeah. And so that means that they're not using their body as efficiently. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if your body, if your joints start twisting and moving or you're not using the places of biomechanical advantage of how those joints work and the muscles work, yeah. um, you're setting yourself up for injury later. Right. Training into those patterns. So um, yeah, this work working with you has been huge and kind of freeing that up. And it's helped me unwind the fascial system. It's helped me unwind the muscles and and the bones too, to you know, kind of get that whole piece to work together. So it really is about taking all these different parts of the body and really truly integrating them. Yes. You want to speak to a little bit of how uh, this neurovascular release technique is different from like massage and acupuncture and structural integration, some of these other modalities that people might be a little bit more familiar with? Right. Well, okay. So here's an example in the lower leg. I have a a lot of metaphors when I'm teaching or explaining to clients. And I call this sort of an Oreo cookie technique in that, you know, like when you twist the two cookie halves apart mm-hmm. you're, to get at the filling, that's the way I think about differentiation of muscle layers in mm-hmm. the lower leg. I'm wanting to free the filling, which in this case is the nerve and blood vessels that go between the layers on their way to the foot. So like if somebody has a plantar fasciitis issue, some sort of nerve thing in the foot. Which is very painful on the bottom of the foot for people. Yes, right, Difficult to weight bear, yeah. 
Yeah, thank you. And for explaining. not a lot of not a lot of treatments out there. It often just they often just say immobilize it. Yeah, um, it can be a persistent thing, and yeah. a certain percentage of plantar fasciitis cases just seem to never get better. And you know, people put supports in the shoes, and you know, there's a lot of foot oriented therapies, you know, spreading the toes. Mm -hmm. But if you go upstream again, it's your idea of going, well, what about the, the joints above the mobile joint? So if you go to the tissues above the foot, you've got layers in there in the calf where the deep muscles that work the foot and the toes can get stuck to the bigger jumping muscles, like the Mm -hmm. soleus and the gastrocnemius, the bigger outer layers of muscle. Uh And when those layers are stuck together, the nerve doesn't glide. The nerve on its way to the foot, it doesn't glide. And the blood vessels also can get stuck in that layer. So let's say somebody decided, I want to go wear minimal shoes. You know, it's like, I really want to adapt to minimal shoes. I'm going to do it the right way. I'm just going to not wear them all the time. But they still, they they get like some sort of pain that then they have to back off and wear the mm-hmm. shoes. Anyway, it's like this walking uphill in sand kind of a thing. It's like a lot of work, a couple steps forward and then slipping backwards. It takes a while to adapt to minimal yeah. shoes. But if you can specifically free up those two muscle layers in a way that you end up using client movement and toe curling and specific movements that are designed to free up one layer of muscle from the other one. And suddenly the knots in the calf or the, the pain in the foot is no longer an issue. Mm -hmm. So usually that takes like three or four sessions to really unglue those layers. That's what I prepare clients for because it's like Velcro. So you know how you have like a a gazillion, you know, a thousand little hooks of Velcro holding the two pieces of Velcro together. And if you tried to peel them all off at once, it's stuck. It's really stuck, which is why like stretching by itself, it doesn't really address the issue. But if you can peel away just a few of those Velcro hooks at a time, you gradually get the layers more free. You kind of tease um, them apart. Yeah. The analogy I use with clients is, you know, if you imagine you have a ball of yarn and it gets all tangled up, you can't just pull the yarn apart because what happens is it actually just tightens up in other places. So you got to kind of tease that ball of yarn apart uh, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of get some space in there and then you can kind of see the pattern and unwind. Mm-hmm. Um, and the nice thing about this work is once you get, if you use that ball of yarn analogy, you can unwind that knot. And once it's gone, that particular knot will never come back, yeah. but you may get other knots later on. But so a lot of this work in structural integration and the neurovascular release for me, I find it does create more permanent change than massage or some other things, because it really is addressing these underlying patterns in the body. It is time consuming. It takes, you know, multiple sessions. I would say one of the more challenging patterns that I've encountered in working with or groups was uh, the soccer players mm-hmm. because they externally rotate their legs so much um, yeah. and, you know, kick with the inside of their foot and their lower legs get beat up so much. They get kicked and you get all those little bruises and all the little dents and dings down there. So it took me a long time to kind of figure out like, oh, you do have to tease apart these little lower layers and get that twist and rotation out that's from all the trauma that's happened down there. Yeah. So. Yeah. What are some of the other injuries that you have been dealing with, Dan, that I could talk about? You know, a lot of people come in, a lot of the sprinters come in with like hamstring problems. 
And so in working with you, you know, you can address the hamstrings over and over again, but one of the things when you kind of showed like, oh, hey, your femoral artery goes down through the adductors on the inside of the leg, these muscles that are meant to pull things in, and that's what brings the blood supply to the hamstrings. That was a huge revelation for me. Uh, yeah. Because all of a sudden it was like, oh, I, you understand the relationships between these groups and you can see that if I free up these adductors and really get that blood supply moving through there, then all of a sudden that hamstring problem you know, will resolve itself oftentimes. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things too, is working with hamstrings. So, yeah, I mean, there, there are so many benefits for this work and just mm-hmm. working with patterns and your tiger stripes technique that you have, which is a way of having the client sit and, you know, kind of rotating their torso, their, their upper body and kind of working the nerves that, the spinal nerves that run along the spine you know, it makes such huge differences for my golfers, especially. Yeah. Because uh, you have to have that rotation to really golf well. Uh, that's what gives right. you your power. And what happens is a lot of golfers, their upper and lower bodies are kind of stuck together. And so yeah. they end up using their knee. Yeah. Uh, and then they end up blowing out the knee because that's they, a perfect they, example. A lot and of these problems. Tigers, gonna... These tiger stripes are not named after Tiger Woods. This is tiger, like, uh, you know, tigers have little stripes going around the sides of their body. Yep. Which is exactly what we're doing with our fingers when we're working manually. We're tracing that pathway between the ribs and specifically hunting around for which ribs are held too close together. Mm-hmm. And what, what it does is you might think that you've got pretty good rotation left and right through your torso, but there's always like a couple little rib spaces that are hiding in there, which are stuck together on the right and a few different rib spaces stuck together on the left. And together, they make it so there's a little limitation on the right and a little limitation on the left. And you you get by, you know, you can turn, you can rotate. But when it's free, you can breathe and you get a bigger rotation. Yeah. And it takes a lot of that tension off the whole spinal column. And it just makes you more efficient and more powerful. You know, the pitchers that I work with in baseball, their ability to throw when they get that rib cage freed up, once again, huge. So, um, right. so many great applications for this work mm-hmm. in working with athletes and, you know, anybody in the general population, I think can really benefit from this, but, yeah. um, since COVID, you know, a lot of practitioners aren't working anymore because of, you know, they're either immune compromised or they, they're older or they working with other you know, populations of people who are older. Um, Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I loved is that you pivoted right away Mm -hmm. and kind of took this work and started looking for like, hey, how can we take this online? Yeah. Uh, And I was, I I feel very fortunate to be part of the beta group that you were offering. Um, I jumped on (laughs) right away. You're one of those teachers that anything you offer, I'm going to sign up for. And Mm -hmm. so can you tell us a little bit about what that process has been like? Because you've really, I mean, you've been impacting a lot of practitioners and helping them help people from home. Sure, I'd be glad. It's been it's been a really fun journey actually for me this year. Of course it wasn't fun in the beginning, but suddenly like, oh no, I have to cancel. I had three classes planned, manual classes teaching practitioners for April and I had to cancel them all and was suddenly out of work. I couldn't practice either. I started out there were a couple of practitioners I was, you know, spending time with on Zoom and I ended up helping them out you know, through Zoom, teaching them, talking about how to do 
specific, like some version of those tiger stripes mm-hmm. on oneself while seated at the computer. And we'd work and people would get freer. I'd troubleshoot little pain issues. And um, I suddenly realized, hey, you know, I think I can teach this stuff online to my colleagues. I better call them up. And I, you were one of the people that I um, contacted and I, I developed a neck module and a thorax module and a pelvis module is what I started with. Mm-hmm. And I soon realized that, oh, this is bigger than that. And I built it out into a one month long training. And then I, I ran that in June and July and August, well, August into September and October. I've taught 10 different cohorts of people. Uh-huh. And Anatomy Trains has been sponsoring some webinars for me. I've reached a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> <no> <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> some of those webinars had like 600 people on them. But what's really cool is that I've been also teaching movement therapists, mm-hmm. not just manual therapists, because this is very specific work, you know, freeing up little teeny specific structures. But the Pilates teachers and the yoga teachers who've been in my class have loved this. You know, it's it's a way that you can do really fine-tuned specific work with people through movement with simple, you know, the the client just has simple hand positions on their own body. And, and a lot of it is, you know, voice guidance about like how to find the right feel or the right position. It's been really transformational for a lot of people. It's Um, been really fun watching you seed this into the world. And I just, the implications of this are so huge and I am so excited about where this is going my clients often come to me and they're like, hey, you know, you've created these changes. What can I do to help myself? You know, what can I do to help maintain these changes? And up until now, I mean, I've been able to offer them movement re-education and, you know, have them create body awareness so they understand the activities that they're doing and, you know, kind of prevent those things from coming back. But what I'm really excited about with the neurovascular release techniques is this is a whole system that can be taught to people that they can then use on themselves to really create those changes. So, you know, if they have a stiff neck from sitting at the computer too long, they ha- they have tools in their tool belt that, yeah. um, you know, they can start to work with, you know, their own neurovascular system and kind of explore and free up some of these things. And once you get the techniques down, then you can start to use it in other areas of your body as well. Yeah. And so absolutely. that sense of personal agency and self-care, I think is so important. And I'm really excited to see where this goes into the world and who who picks it up and who does more. So I'm uh, excited do you want to share more about that. I'm excited about what you're doing with your practice and and how you're incorporating that into what you do with with athletes. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for you about what's happening in your world from this work. You know, just so many different kinds of people have been, uh, taking this on, it's just it's got a little bit different expression in everyone's practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's like, yes, I'm I'm still practicing a little bit, but 80% of my practice is online with clients, two days a month in a physical office, mm-hmm. and it it feels like too important to be sharing this this work. It's like my time is better spent, you know, trying to reach out to others. As you keep seeding this into the world and the collective so that, you know, we all have tools to be able to help ourselves. And I mean, especially now, because so many people are so stressed, COVID first hit and it was like, oh, am I going to be able to work? Am I going to, you know, how is this going to impact me working with you and having those techniques really 
impacted my own personal body um, yeah. and keeping my nervous system from going into a stress response pattern, which kind Absolutely. of prevents you from being present to what's really happening. It prevents you from what are the opportunities that are available to you because you're so mm-hmm. keyed up, uh, you know, yeah. so the more relaxed you can be and really kind of take stock of like, oh, this is this is what's really true right now. Mm-hmm. These are the opportunities, what's here and available. So yeah, I spent hours working with the tools that you gave us early on. Uh, you know, I'd yeah. often wake up in the morning and lie in bed and like, okay, where am I tight? Where am I stuck? Um, right. I'm just exploring my own body. So, well, I don't know how many how many of your listening audience, you know, who are probably most of them athletes in some regard, but I don't know how many have been through actual physical traumatic experiences. But this work is actually really fabulous for helping helping resolve those. I don't know how much I need to say about that right now, but it's, I think it's, everybody's experienced some form of trauma or another. I mean, there yeah. are, you know, I often share with people, you know, that we get stuck in our bodies for a number of reasons and I call it kind of the four T's uh, yeah. trauma. So, um, you know, any kind of, you know, major physical trauma that happens, but there's also mm-hmm. all the emotional trauma and other things that can happen out there. Training. So when we do particular activities over and over again, we train those patterns into our body. And if mm-hmm. we haven't trained good patterns, then eventually they're going to break down and they get stuck. Right. Our thoughts, you know, the belief systems we have, we're always expressing ourselves with our body through our thoughts. You know, our body's mm-hmm. an expression of our thoughts. So how do we present ourselves to the world? What posture, what stance do we take? And then toxins. And I don't really address toxins in my practice so much, but it's another way that it, it can really impact the body. So I kind of call those the four T's of why things get stuck in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you're definitely right that this work really can have a huge impact on helping you feel safe in your structure, uh, mm-hmm. because I think that's a big part of it. If there's that underlying like, hey, this is always being pulled over here. Or my body is giving me this little danger signal that you know I've got yeah. to always be tight. When we can clear that up on the inside, um, Mm -hmm. it just makes such a big difference for how we approach the rest of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. It has been a delight to have you on the show, Kier. Thank you so much. Um, Well, thank you, Dan. If you're interested in learning about more of the work that Kier is doing, if you're a manual therapist or a movement therapist and you'd like to study with her online, um, you can find out more at agilebodysi.com slash NVR. Um, and then I think you have another site as well. You want to share that information for us as well? Oh, yeah. Well, the other website is really where my online courses are. And it's learn.neurovascular-release.online. Okay. <laughs> but um, if, if, you, if that's too much to remember, you can always write to me at learn.nvr at gmail.com. And I'll point you the right direction. <laughs> I think we're going to have to set you up with a bit.ly. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a way that we can um, create a little, a shortened, uh, a yeah. shortcut for you. So when you're promoting okay. this work, um, you would just yeah. say, hey, go, go to this site and it'll redirect to your longer site. Yeah. So great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, I really am so grateful to have you as one of my teachers and I am so excited for what you're offering and how it's going out into the world. And I'm sure I'm going to have you back on the show at some point. So. All right. Thanks so much, Dan. Thanks, Gear. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Holistic High Performance Podcast. You can find all the past episodes of the show by visiting holistichighperformance.com. 
Please subscribe to the show to listen to future episodes. We release new episodes every Monday and Thursday. This show would not be possible without the help of our team. We wish to thank our executive assistant, Harlow Brummett Dunn, our producer and chief technical officer, Dan Harmon of DH Productions, our podcast mentor, Angel B. Hartwell, the host and executive producer of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast. Our theme music was composed and arranged by Luca Millard Kish. On behalf of the whole team, we wish to thank you, our listeners.